Wow. Are you guys in for a treat today? Welcome back to the Learn Lead Podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here. We hope everyone's staying really safe. Everyone's staying healthy. Everyone's creating an income at home. And we're here to be your escape from reality. So a little background on this uh, this interview we got teeing up here. We got Corey Gregory, who's an absolute fitness giant. He's a fitness entrepreneur who opened his first gym at the age of 20 from the money he made saved up as an underground coal miner. After about 10 years of personal training, he co-founded sports nutrition giant Muscle Farm, which he led for about eight years. During that span, Corey appeared on 11 magazine covers. He has learned from and been mentored by some of the most highly regarded professionals in the industry, including Arnold Schwarzenegger. This guy has been personally mentored by some of the biggest guys in the world. Today, Corey is the co-owner of the Old School Gym in Ohio, one of the top hardcore facilities in the nation. He also owns and operates several other businesses while continuing to compete in bodybuilding, powerlifting, and Olympic lifting. You can hear him weekly on his Business and Biceps podcast with John Fusco. Corey's been an idol of mine for a long time now, and I'm so glad that we've been back and forth trying to find a date for this, and he finally accepted to come on, and he brings so much value and energy and positivity, and just it may, he makes you want to run through a wall. Lenny, you got anything to say about that interview? Overall, I think uh, the introduction that we just gave to a T describes what this conversation is about. Business, fitness, entrepreneurship, mindset, goals, all in all, best thing I can do is probably shut my mouth and let everybody just hop in and listen. Yeah, guys, bring out the pen and paper. Really listen hard on this. Corey's a really good guy, super energetic. So I really hope you guys enjoy that one. This is the Learn Lead Podcast. With your hosts, Tony V and Landon Arcangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. got Corey G in the house. Corey G is a big time name in the fitness industry. After 10 years of personal training, he co-founded sports nutrition giant Muscle Farm, which he led for about eight years. During that span, Corey appeared on 11 magazine covers. He's now the founder of CoreyGFitness.com, customized workout plans he's got for people. Uh, today, Corey's the co-owner of the Old School Gym in Ohio. He also owns Max Effort Muscle. He's also operating several other businesses while still competing in bodybuilding. And he also is the host of his own podcast, Business and Biceps. Definitely go check that out. So I attribute most of my enthusiasm for fitness to Corey Gregory. Guy's super interactive. He's helped me so much. He's an absolute animal when it comes to mindset and knowledge in the fitness area. So Corey, I thank you again for coming on. And uh, the floor is yours, man. Do you mind talking about the early stages of your life and the transition from being a coal miner to being a fitness titan here? Hey, I don't know if I can live up to that hype, bro, but hey, I appreciate you and uh, Landon having me on. And hey, at the end of the day, like I do something that I love every day. And early on, kind of to your point, uh, as coming from a coal mining community, I didn't even think that was really even possible. Like no one I knew lifted weights and made a job out of it. And, and the reality of of it was I thought I was going to be a gym teacher because that was the only thing I could even see that remotely, um, you know, kind of had like a workout involved in it. Plus, um, was a profession. Like I, I really, you're talking like 1997, like the internet really isn't even like 
hopping yet. Like this, it's like on dial up AOL at that point, and people aren't the resources aren't the same, and no, literally no one I know does this for a job. So you know, really having that, I guess, foresight to believe that you know, once it hit about 2000 and I had saved money from working as a coal miner to move to a city and think that I could pursue a job of this nature, I really just didn't know any better, man. I just realized that the only thing I like to do is lift weights. The only thing I wanted to do is read about it. The only thing I wanted to do is write workouts. And I was just so passionate about it. I was like, there's got to be a way that I can make this happen. And, And yeah, I've been fortunate to do a bunch of different businesses. And like you mentioned, we have a a very successful podcast called Business and Biceps, myself and John Fosco. And I own old school gym with my high school, you know, friend, Dustin Myers, who's one of the best strength coaches on the planet when it comes to wrestlers, got multiple big 10 titles and a national championship with Ohio state. And, um, you know, we have max separate muscle now that's, uh, done really well direct to customer business. I had founded a co-founder of Muscle Farm, which was a huge sports nutrition business back in the day. So I've been all over the place uh, when it comes from being an athlete, sponsoring big time athletes, building businesses. But at the end of the day, I just love lifting weights and that's all I really want to do. And, and it's looked a little different from time to time, but that's really what it comes down to. Corey, I'm sure you've had to give this rundown a couple times, but can you give our listeners the rundown on your journey with Muscle Farm, mm-hmm. um, working with all the different distributors and, and just that journey in itself? Yeah. So what's crazy is, is a lot of people started to know about me during the MP days because we had a run that was epic from like 2008 kind of when it got started, but it really started popping off in like about 2000, like early 2009, but it got big between 2010 and 2014. And you got to remember, like, I'm coming from being a personal trainer in my own studio for a decade. Like, I didn't blow up overnight. I, I, you know, incrementally grew a business that no one really had heard of locally um, from myself to then having seven trainers working from me from a small 900 square foot personal training studio to 2,500 square feet to then another additional location, which was the original old school gym with Dustin. And then when I made that kind of like throw the dice off the wall, I think I can do supplements better than what the industry's doing. And to take that like huge chance of my wife had just quit her job, uh, from being a teacher. Like we had planned that anyway, way before MP, she had just quit her job. We'd saved one year's salary, which was like 33,000 or something from, from her job back then. We already had one child and she was pregnant with the second and we had already you know, figured all that out. And then all of a sudden I come to the table, like, I think I'm about to give all my clients away. I think I'm about to try to go this MP thing all in. Like I want to give one chance to just do, give it everything I got to see if I can do, you know, to make this thing big. And so taking that transition from a single operator, a central personal trainer that is making six figures and doing well to creating and, and in believing that I could raise capital build a business, start a brand with me and another guy and a couple other people that then went from scratch to a mill to four mil to 20 mil to 70 mil to over a hundred and then upwards of like 150 plus within a five, six year period is fucking bonkers straight up. So the, the ride of dealing with GNC, Costco, Walmart, um, vitamin shop, Europa, the biggest uh, players, you know, on the planet selling in a hundred plus countries 
that all came very fast and wild. And it was extremely difficult. I can tell you that I was in the worst shape of my life at the early days because I was so stressed. I was in the best shape of my life during the middle part because that's when the most shine was essentially on me with my content. So I believe I stepped up to the occasion to um, you know, do my best at that possible time. And it was, it was just overall a freaking nut job, crazy five, six, seven years that I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the business. And I'm one of the few people that can say from a training standpoint, I learned powerlifting at Westside Barbell with Louis Simmons, and a lot of the members that helped me out over the years. And I learned bodybuilding from Arnold Schwarzenegger personally. There's no one else that I even know that can even claim that because I don't think they exist. And with through those businesses, I was able to meet the top of the top, work with the top of the top and, and show my skills, which would have never been seen if I hadn't built that business to put myself in that platform and opportunity to have bodybuilding.com you know, allow me to do content there that saw 28, 30, 40, 50 million people had viewed and seen. I mean, like it's just some next level stuff. But if I didn't take those chances, when I would say probably 99 out of a hundred people probably wouldn't have, uh, just to be honest with you, my situation, I was good. I was, you know, making six figures. I got a good family. My business partner that I signed up to work with had a little bit of a tattered past, which uh, that's kind of a long story, but it ended up kind of coming true again where he did what he did. But at all of those things didn't really look like super shiny opportunity. Um, and there was a lot of really, really hard things I had to go through to make that thing work. But I found out a lot about myself during the process. When was it throughout this, this massive leap you took where you sat back and realized, wow, this was worth it? So it's all, yeah, that's what's crazy is it's always been worth it because I've always saw it really my entire career because I've always pushed, I mean, just pushed, right? There's always been incremental growth. So that's the thing, like even within that environment, the one to four to 20, like it was growing, but it was still incremental. So there was things that came along that I had to um, get past to go to the next level. So it's still, even though it looked crazy, it still felt incremental, but here, here's one time where it really, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I was at, I was at a Christmas party. The first time I ever been to Arnold Schwarzenegger's house. And I was just in town, um, to do content for the blueprint, which we were doing on bodybuilding.com. And he said, you know, um, Hey man, he goes, uh, I'm having my Christmas party, you know, for all the local friends and family. And I know you're in town. Why don't you come up now? I got no clue. I'm going to like basically a black tie. Hollywood. I mean, I should have known, but I didn't even have any of the right clothes, whatever. So I go there and I don't really know anybody. Now I see Franco Colombo. I see James Cameron, Clint Eastwood, all these like heavy, heavy, like heavy hitters, right? Terrence, I go to the bathroom and Terrence Howard walks by me. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. So I go out on the patio because I don't really know anybody. So I just make fun friends with the, um, the cigar roller. So he got like his private cigar roller and I'm just sitting there sparking a cigar on his back patio. And I'm just thinking to myself, one, I'm definitely underdressed Two, I had no idea I'd be in this situation tonight, but I'm here enjoying this amazing cigar on Arnold Schwarzenegger's back patio at a Hollywood, you know, friends, peers of his was sly and everybody, his Christmas party. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this is actually my reality right now. I can't fucking believe it. 
And, and I just sat back for a second because I had been working and pushing to such a degree for so long that, yeah, I had seen things happen, but that was one of those things where I was like, this is, this is heavy right here. Cause this is your idol and you're here uh, essentially not as a peer, but you know what I'm saying? As a business partner and as somebody that you're working alongside. And it was, it was real, man. And ever since that kind of time frame, I've, I've, I've always been super thankful of the things that have happened to me, but there's definitely some spots from time to time I end up in. And I just, am like, damn, this shit's for really happening to me, but it's because of the work ethic. It's because of the belief. It's because of a lot of things. Um, I know why it's like that. It's definitely not because of luck. Your business journey, um, to kind of go along with what you were the story you just told us, well, there are times where you're sitting there, you're about to give a presentation, you're about to pitch something to a board of, of, of a company and you're like, wow, like how am I here right now? Like, wh- and what was your mindset and how did you find yourself grow throughout those, those business interactions? Oh yeah. There's a lot of times like I'd be on wall street in the early days and I'm like, man, I'm really not prepared to, to honestly even be here. I just don't even have enough like know-how or, and I just would go to passion. I would go to passion on, I would never try to answer questions I didn't know. I'm not a know-it-all on things that I'm not like, if I know shit, I'll be very like forth um, in my opinion, because usually it's not opinion. It's usually something I've already lived or done. Um, But if I don't know it, I'm not going to pretend that I do. So I'm confident in the spots that I know. I'm not going to act not confident. But I'm going to say, yo, I've got an answer for that. You just have to, I'll just have to get back to you. I got somebody that does that, right? I remember Andrew Carnegie uh, talked about, or Napoleon Hill talked about one of his books about Ford. And he said like, you know, they basically had, I think it was Ford or Tesla, one of the, one of the founding fathers of one of the technologies. And he just had people around him that could do everything. He didn't have to know everything. And that was like his, his argument, like, yeah, I'm not the smartest guy, but my team is the smartest so I would go in there very well prepared and know my spots. And here, here's my spots. People can identify, not identify, but they can respect my story. They can respect my passion. They can respect my confidence. Some respect it, some are scared of it. And they can identify with the ideology of like somebody wanting to, you know, make something as grand as, as I wanted to. And they can see that the, the things behind it are real. They can feel it on me. So do I know some technical things from time to time? Probably not, but most people are investing in people and they need to make sure that, that the right people are around them and they have the right executives and this or that. But I never really had a lot of problems with those environments because people could feel what I was really about and they respected where I came from and how I got there. So I could usually, if I had problems in certain like technical things, I could get away with um, that, I guess. Appreciate you sharing that with us, Corey. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now is just build that network and uh, team of people who are, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. I no. just have that that sense of who luck kind of thing that uh, I've read in some books that talk about, hey, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but surround yourself with people that are smarter than you so you have those resources available to you. Yeah. So, I mean, no one ahead. knows everything, bro. I mean, it's just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, do you mind if we transition a little bit? I want to talk about how you're dealing a little with the the whole coronavirus thing going on? What's your mindset? How has it affected business? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so initially, it was kind of weird, and, and I'll tell you why. 
since 1999, I've been at my gym like five days a week, minimal since 1999, unless I'm out of town, like actually traveling on vacation. Like I am one of the most consistent people that you'll ever meet. And I love what I do. So being at my gym, like not being at my gym is like crazy talk. Like the fact that I had to close it down, that my crew at 4 a.m., which is a bunch of savages that we train, you know, Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 a.m., like the fact that I'm all of a sudden now training on my own. And I mean, I can motivate myself, but it's just, I have that still locker room of competition. See that a lot of people lose this out of high school. They lose this out of college or they've never had it. I never lost it. So I think there's a reason why I have an edge to me because I have to step up. I'm getting my ass kicked by these young dudes all the time in my gym. We have a team still. I've got competitions still. I My 4 a.m. is practice. My competitions are game day still. I still have powerlifting, bodybuilding. We compete multiple times a year at the drop of a hat. That, that group of drug-free lifters has produced seven elite powerlifting totals from weight classes from 165 through 198. So it's not a lot of huge dudes. It's, these are small, really strong guys and two pro cards, one in bodybuilding and one in physique. That's the guys I'm training with. They're elite level. We have built these lifters. And so that's what I get up to do every day, to go right at competition. So the first, uh, this is the first day I've kind of woke up. Like It's been about a week, and I've been still super productive on my businesses, but like my actual like killer mentality that I've been having for years was shaking a little bit because, and just to be honest, because it just, I, I literally have had the same like schedule forever and it's yielded the result that it's yielded. So why would I fucking change it? Well, the pause button got hit on everybody. So I had to change it. And so if I'm not going to train with the savages in the morning because I'm not able to by law, which is really what that is right now, then I choose to train outside at my spot. But can't do that at four in the fucking morning. So I can't be dropping weights outside and do all that stuff outside my house with my family. So, you know, the adaption of my own schedule, because when I got myself locked in, the rest of it just flows. Content creativity, business ideas, the drive to jump on and on the fly and do things like this. Like when I'm and I'm always mostly in that kind of mindset. And I've been like that for a really long time. So what I've been doing since that day has been like, oh, I need to find me a new little method. I need to find me a new schedule because I think we're going to be like this for a while. I don't think this is a two-week thing. I think this is a few-month thing. So I think that I didn't try to band-aid it. I've been trying to look for what's my new pattern of success. What's my new daily ritual that I can do that's going to lend itself to the same type of success or better. And so it took me about five, six days. Today's the first day I feel all the way like myself again. And, you know, I'm not crying. I still have business opportunities. I've set myself up well. There's a lot of people having way more fucking problems than me. Um, I'm just trying to say what I have personally went through um, because I keep a high level of daily rituals that I know yield results. And they were really super flipped up. And there's one right now that sets the tone for every day. It's every fucking day. It's not just working out. It's working out in an extreme competitive environment um, that that brings something different to the table. I can't emulate that right now. And I and it's been, you know, that's been a little bit weird for me. I'm not gonna lie. But uh yeah, that's kind of how I'm dealing with it. other than that, man. I like the pause on family time. I get more family time. Um I'm, it was paused. I ain't mad about that. My kids are home. 
I get a chance to spend more time with them. My wife's home. I get to spend more time. I'm home. I'm not at the, I'm not seeing anybody. So there's goods and bads to it, but I'm taking a little bit of both. This is what I've been saying that this whole time, this is where the winners win. The guys get creative. The people who are going to be successful, they get creative. They find all these abstract ways to get things done. And that's what you're doing. If you guys follow Corey on Instagram or any social media platform, you see this guy's a fucking savage. Him and his guys, they get after it. Even I know you're, you're going to hum, be humble about it, but even now you're working out outside by your house, you guys are still crushing it. This guy's always going through some type of pain. I don't, I feel like as I've known, as I've followed you, you've had this shoulder thing going on forever and you just keep on fucking pushing through it. So I just want to, I, I give you a tribute for that. So also, I think that yeah. you got to find the things that challenge you. Like, you know, that's where I like the lunges, you know, I do right. I think I just, I'm not at the track anymore because it's locked up. So I kind of got through my, um, it goes uphill, but it's in, in my cul-de-sac and it's like, I just measured it yesterday. It's 645 meters. I thought it was 800, but it's straight uphill. So it feels like 800, but you know, doing that every day after lifting weights, like no one wants to fucking lunge a half mile after lifting weights every day. Like that's something that I knew would make me better. And it's a daily challenge. And a lot of people are taking that on now because they don't have treadmills and that type of nature. And to my point with my shoulder, I ripped my supraspinatus. I completely ruptured it. And instead of getting surgery, I chose to essentially self rehab to build up, um, upper back latch strength. And I signed up for a bodybuilding show three months later. So I had a legitimate went and got the MRI. The surgeon says, if you don't get this surgery in 12 weeks, you literally, I can never fix it. And that was a really hard realization like that. If I don't get this fixed, I'm stuck with the outcome that I believe that I can, you know, make happen. And I went and saw Louis Simmons. I went and saw Matt Winning. I went and saw a couple surgeons. I went and saw some friends. And all of them said, like, look, there's not really a handbook for guys like you that have been doing lats for 20 years that, you know, depending on what type of level of competition you want to take it to. And um, I was able to do, you know, reps with 80 pound dumbbells right before the gym got closed. And I did 275 in my backyard the other day, close grip, pretty good with no, I mean, literally no shoulder pain. And I benched 320 on a pause at 181. I can bench probably close to 300 again already. I did 275, like I said the other day. So it's like, is it as good? No. Is it better than being shut down for 10 months, maybe having my business slack and then have the coronavirus hit it? Like I look back, like that's the best. I would just now, right this second, be coming out of that sling, literally eight months. And so this whole time, how would it, if I would have selected to get surgery, how would it have not affected my business? Instead, I said, nah, fuck that. I think I can do it. I'm going to go sign up for a bodybuilding show. I won the physique category, got my pro card in this natural organization, and then have built my business and had record-breaking numbers since then. And now, even more so because of online programming, the things that I do and the opportunities with people being stuck at their house, I would still be, I would be just starting my fucking rehab. Instead, I'm out back killing it, almost got all my uh, muscle fullness back, almost got my strength back, and just kept it moving. F about to be 42. So look, not maybe everybody could pull this off, but for me, I really believed I could and, and I'm able to so far. So, I mean, that's just uh, incredible. These For everyone listening, like, what the fuck is your excuse? This guy's had every excuse to just sit down and do nothing, and he st still keeps on trying to stress himself. 
And that's, it doesn't have to be within working out, but stress yourself in all different types of areas. So with that being said, Corey, you mind talking about uh, your daily successful routine and ideal schedule that you have? We know you talked about the 4am workouts. So now what's a, what's after that? You have another X amount of hours in the day. What do you do to fill those up? So basically like I, I really set the tone early. Like I said, I get up at three to three Oh five. This is my normal routine. Um, I usually like to check, um, just kind of some business things early just to kind of see what's happening while I was sleeping, you know, obviously because I do a lot of things online so I can kind of see what was, what was app, what was happening while I was in bed. I leave the house at three 30. So I'm out at three 30 and I'm already got some type of personal development going on. So on the way to the gym, I got about a 35, 40 minute drive to the gym. Um, I'm listening to an audio book or podcast or something. And then, you know, and here's the deal on the way to the gym, sometimes different things will come out of the material or, or spark my interest on wanting to elaborate. And a lot of times I do articles on the way to the gym. So I've got a process where I record my articles, send them to my editor. He, I, I basically don't write near as good as I can like dictate stuff. So excuse me, he'll, he'll write them down. We wrap them with a picture from the morning and boom, I've got a piece of content. Sometimes I can do, if I'm flowing, I can rock three to five articles on the way to the gym and I'd be good for all week. I've been writing um, articles every day since December 20th of last year. And I'm still two weeks ahead right now as we talk of that's bank that hasn't hit my site yet. So I do a lot of content on the way to the gym in the morning. Um, And if not, I'm doing audio stuff. I get there right at four and it's ready to rock pre to the dome for max effort. And we in there and, and we're getting going on the get stack plan and whatever we're, you know, getting ready for, um, whether it's a meet show, whatever I rock and roll to like five forty five uninterrupted, not on my phone. I got a full-time video guy there. He, he captured everything. My man, Trey speed, he's a beast. And, um, so we're, we're doing content like out the gate, out the morning. Right. And so once I'm out of the gym at five forty five, I'm back on the audio. And so once again, if I've already done articles, I probably won't do any on the way back. I'll just be listening to the audio. I got another 35 minute drive. So you look at it like this. I got an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of training. I'm at, by the time I get to the track, which is 15 minutes, 10 minutes from my house, I got an hour of studying already or produced content. And then I'm, I'm, I'm rocking another, you know, 15 minutes or so of lunges. So I'm doing my 800 meters or 645, whatever it is right now. It's about 15, 20 minutes, depending on how fast I'm moving. I'm getting another time of audio. So now we're at like an hour, like, you know, by the time I do a little stretching after like little calf raises, whatever, I'm there for like a half hour. So I'm at an hour and a half of studying. I'm at an hour and 45 minutes of training. And you're talking about it's 6.30. So at 6.30, I'm already texting back and forth with Trey Trey's already cutting up the glog, which is vlog with a G, Corey G for the website, which is capturing our training from the morning. He's already sending me pictures from the morning. He's already sending me video clips if I want to put them up online or whatever from the morning. And you're talking about it, it ain't even seven o'clock. And so at that point, I'm coming home and I'm, you know, grabbing a shower, making sure I got my food for the day, seeing what's up with the fam. They're getting ready to get up and go to school. And I'm going back and forth with my editor. And he's like, yo, I got this hitting the website. I got that hitting the website. And then by the time, um, I usually try to leave my house like 8.30, drop my kids off at 8 at school. At 8.30, I'm, I'm either recording um, a daily fire. 
I'm rocking and rolling with the podcast. I'm recording something on the microphone um, at 8.30 usually, between 8.30 and 9. And then I'll get um, I'll get word at 9 o'clock that everything we've done that morning has already hit CoreyGFitness.com, the whole workout, vlog, the pictures for that day, maybe the article that I did this morning, or if we had bank stuff, boom, and it's it's 9 in the morning. And then I can start my day when it comes to max effort. So then it's like, all right, what do we need to do from a SKU standpoint, meaning a product? Are we creating new flavors? What content do we need? What's going on with operations? Johnny and I get on the phone and talk about you know, the sales, what, what we're going to do from a standpoint of what deals we're going to run, what gear we're going to bring out. Like Then it's like you're running two businesses there. It's are you running, you're running the one that's going on right this second and you're looking forward to what you got to have coming you know, next with flavors and SKUs and things of that nature. So that, that really is me up to like 9.30, 10, 10.30. And then I just rock and roll with whatever comes my way up to lunchtime. But it's very, very specific from a personal development standpoint and from a content creation and training standpoint um, up to lunch. And I kind of freestyle after that because it just depends on what business needs me. So you just you just hit us with a lot of stuff there. You're, you're <laughs> a high activity dude and I love it, man. I know you got, we got maybe five or 10 minutes left. What is... Corey G's overall philosophy on nutrition. Yeah. So it's so crazy because 15 years straight, I did the six meals a day, you know, very small, tons of cardio. I just did what everyone else did. And then I came into this weird vortex of where I really wanted to be strong and lean at the same time. And that was really not something that most, let's say, drug-free guys really was doing uh, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, you either super fucking ripped, but you can't squat 225 or you're fat and you're a power lifter. There was really not a lot of guys that were kind of doing that intermix to both. And what I really wanted to try to find was I like the fasting, uh, kind of approaches because it seemed like it was easy to do with lifestyle, the crazy lifestyle that I, I have. I like uh, lunges as a different form of conditioning because it wasn't on the treadmill and it kept me strong for my powerlifting. It's one of those things where I started to just, once again, I I treat myself as a science project. I always have. I always will. I just tested a bunch of stuff and I figured out what was going to be the best for me. And and over time, it's just one of those things that... um, you know, kind of came clear. It was a fasting approach with my own twist on it. It was my uh, different type of conditioning. And then I started uh, doing a little bit of both really close together. I would do a bodybuilding show and turn right around and a month or later or better, I'd do a powerlifting meet and do a, a nice total and or vice versa. And then I challenged myself to do them all in the same weekend where I did Olympic lifting Friday, bodybuilding Saturday, powerlifting Sunday. And I did well. Then I did an event where it was actually uh, put together where you did bodybuilding one day and the next day you came and did a powerlifting meet. And I kept challenging myself like that. And all that was based on the nutrition because of the nutrition changes, because of the conditioning changes. It's really a combination of both and some programming changes. It allowed me to really do both at at a pretty high level. But uh, fasting to me, um, whatever approach you like, I have my own thing. I call it anabolic fasting. I teach it on my site. But at the end of the day, like it just made a lot of sense for my time and all the things I thought that would happen, the opposite happened. And that's what I tell people. I don't feel any less full, meaning like my muscles, 
I'm not hungry. I have more energy. Actually, I believe it has a ton of cell cleaning, you know, properties where you actually will return the clock back, feel younger. It's it's been an amazing change for me, and I've taught a ton of people how to do it my way, and they love it. I mean, dude, you're still drinking beer and eating wings on the weekend too. I've yeah, I've, and I've personally cream. tried it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's been good, man. Like, because uh, you know, being a dad of three, like. It's all about lifestyle. Like I can and have, you know, the the covers, the shows. Like I can discipline myself to do all that shit at the high level. This is my job. But can an average person do that? I don't think so. And maintain it. I had to find something that we'll call it above average fitness people. You know, they're people that look good, but they want to look next level. But then they also want to be able to live next level when it comes to enjoying themselves and staying disciplined. And Arnold said something to me that meant a lot or that made a lot of sense. He said, man, it's good to have a little dysfunction with all that discipline. And in my, in my, the way that we do it, we're disciplined probably 95% of the time. And I might drink five pints, eat ice cream and wings on Friday and don't look any different the next day. I just don't. Actually, sometimes I look better. So I found a way I found, and there's a Holy grail of this process. Like I've got it to where can cheat on Wednesdays, can cheat on Fridays, can cheat on Saturdays and still not lose track whenever you have all the things lined up that I teach. So it's been pretty wild, man. It's been real life changing and in career changing actually. So we got really two more points that we want to hit and I'll, I'll go. And then Tony's going to go after me. Talk about your business and biceps podcast for those that don't no, and don't listen to it. Yeah. So business and biceps is, I think like a library of a plethora of information for young, young and any, any level of entrepreneurs from myself and John Fosco. And so for you guys that don't, aren't aware of Johnny, John Fosco was the owner of the marketing company that I worked with at Muscle Farm when we were sponsoring all the UFC, UFC fighters and all that uh, Muscle Farm. Johnny ran all that. So John and I worked across the table from each other, you know, in separate businesses, but worked really well together. And when uh, he sold his percentage and I sold my percentage, uh, we decided to start to work together and we own Max Effort together and CBD Social together and we do the podcast together. The podcast is where it first started. And I got to tell you, and I'm sure you guys uh, probably feel this way too. You start, if you have deep conversations for hours with people, right? We've been doing this thing for like four years now and never missed a, never missed a week, uh, multiple times a week. You learn so much about people that you would never normally know. And um, we just go straight down the middle with trials and tribulations of what real entrepreneurship is. And I think that the problem is in nowadays is, Everybody can put CEO on their fucking Instagram profile and go to Starbucks. Well, you can't go to Starbucks right now, but pop their laptop and say they're an entrepreneur. And that is true for some people that they do generate revenue that way, but it's not true for most. And actual entrepreneurs, you know, is different than a businessman, in my opinion. And a lot of them cross over, but like we take thoughts and create business opportunities with them. We create products, we create brands, we create material. You create out of thin air and then it produces money and then build businesses around it. And then, you know, kind of turn into business men. Entrepreneurship's a very creative kind of operation uh, of your brain. And when you take something from a thought and then all of a sudden a million motherfuckers buy it or, you know, support it 
or listen to it or whatever, however they consume it, it's a very gratifying um, way to express yourself. And that's why I always tell people like, I can't sing. I can dance sometimes. I can't draw. I can't paint. But I'm still a creative and I've always felt that way. I've always kind of beat to my own drum. I never really fit in a system. I always kind of did my own thing and I still do. And then I've just found an industry that I was extremely passionate about and I was able to get my thoughts and ideas and make them become realities through business. And John and I, I think, are able to articulate that in in a very straight down the middle fashion on business and biceps. We're super proud of that. I really like the way you uh, you use that analogy that way. That's a such a great description of the difference between being an entrepreneur and being those fake Instagram guys that Come just on, say they're entrepreneurs. It's so funny. So what uh what I want to ask really because I, I I've been consuming your content for a long time. Now you you've had this high energy for so long. Now you're in your forties and stuff. I never see a moment where. You're like, I know you're in the zone when you're lifting, but what what really makes you mad? What makes you tick? You got all this stuff going on. What really gets you to the core that really pisses you off? Oh, yeah. I love this question. And this is funny because I was listening to a podcast or something. I was listening to Stillness is the Key from Ryan Holiday. Great book. And he talked about Jordan in his like his Hall of Fame speech, which I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was strange. Because he basically went through the list of everyone that doubted him. And basically, like, even the dude that got made the varsity team over him, like, he he invited him to the fucking thing and, like, called him out. And he was, like, basically said his game's still the same, which is hilarious. And he went and he showed how anger actually fueled him to a level that I don't know everybody understood, right? And how he was able to use that chip on his shoulder to literally take himself to an entirely different different level. And so what I think I've done a good job of is I wouldn't say I internalize it to where it ever makes me feel less confident because that's definitely not what happens. But when people doubt me, I am the worst or let's say I'm the last person that you want to fuel because I'm already fucking nuts straight up. I already wanted to change generations. I already had this thing that I made up in my brain that I was going to be this person and do these things. And they all came true. Almost all of them, right? But then on top of it, when you give me a reason or a chip on my shoulder, even if you kind of said it and I half made it up, if I can use that for fuel, you're fucked. Because there's, I just have never met anyone else like me that is this internally driven to prove myself right, but love, love proving motherfuckers wrong. I I am just one of those people. And it's really not even about them, but I use it for my own gain because I just think, yeah, motherfucker, you want my spot? Sure. Everybody wants my spot, right? I think that to myself. And then when people showcase that they're trying to take it, I just say, but you better pack a fucking lunch because I'm not going to, I don't wear out. When I metaphorically give my spot up, it's because I quit. Because are you willing to do what I'm willing to do? And the answer is probably fucking no. And for as long as I'm willing to do it for, and that's the difference, right? The respect that started to come towards me in the industry is because I ain't fucking going nowhere. 
they thought when MP did what it did that maybe I was done. Fly by night. Nah, motherfucker. I ain't going nowhere. I signed with Reebok the next week. I started Corey G Fitness, which has done extremely well. I started another you know, supplement company with Johnny, Max Effort Muscle, which has done extremely well. Old school gyms ranked one of the top 10 most hardcore gyms on the planet. I ain't going nowhere. I've been doing, my LLC started in 1999. Am I Mr. Olympia? No. Am I a world record, record holder? No. But I'm one of the most, I believe, badass drug-free motherfuckers that ever been in this industry. And I'll tell you why. Because I've got every fucking ounce that's available to me out of this body. And I'm still getting it out of it. And I'm going to go get some master's records and I'm still going to push my physique. And there's just, I just love motherfuckers that test me because I am the last person that like, I I like it because it just gives me more, more fuel because I know I'm going to wear them out. I know they're not willing to do what I'm willing to do. And I've just continued to showcase that. So that's what pisses me off when somebody goes, uh, this guy or underestimate that, or, you know, what's he talking about? Because he's only squatted 550, not 700. I'm just like, fuck all of you guys. Because one thing people don't realize is in fitness, just because you're a good lifter, just because you've got abs, doesn't mean you understand the fucking business for one fucking second. It's a different skill set, everybody. And guess what? I happen to be an okay lifter and an okay businessman. And together, the passion of monetizing in a like truthful, you know, good way has been well for my family. And so motherfuckers think they're entitled to what I got because they're a better lifter than me. Guess what? You're fucking not. Because you didn't get up and do the business stuff that I've been doing for I've been doing business and training for 20 years plus without missing. And so that's the thing that pisses me off that people look at me and go, well, that guy's so lucky. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Like that shit to me. Oh, everything he touches is fucking gold. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not entitled to any of it. I fucking made it happen. I made it happen because I just don't kind of fucking want it. I want it more than you do. And I show it every day and I'm still showing it. And when you're going to get a chance to get my spot, it's because I fucking quit. And because I hung up the fucking cleats or hung up the fucking belt, it's because I'm done. But guess what? Louis Simmons is 72 years old. Arnold Schwarzenegger is 72 years old. The people that I look up to, the people that I listen to, they might not still compete, but they're still doing business. They're still doing content. They're still changing lives. So I don't anticipate anytime soon, unless this fire feels a little less fucking hot, that I'm going anywhere. And so, yeah, people can keep talking and I just keep working and I use it to my advantage. So the best thing would be if people don't want me to keep whooping their ass is for them to quit talking because when they do, it just makes it easier for me. That fires me the fuck up, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I think... I think everyone has to have some bit of that mindset, that animal mentality, whether it is no matter what you do. And so would you say... That the the consistency in the work is what really got your confidence up rather than no the, the the immediate results. Because the results will come, but the consistency in the work is really what matters if, no it, question. if I'm right. No, it's the that's exactly from lifting and from business. I just knew I was in it for the long game because I was I, I didn't have no shortcuts because I'm not a big dude. I never took steroids. I knew it was gonna take me a long time. And so I thought if I don't miss, then I that will compound faster. It's the same with business. Like 
I've just applied. Arnold taught us all, right? Now, obviously, Arnold took drugs back in the day, but he taught us all the work ethic. He said, I'm applying my bodybuilding work ethic to my business. That's what he did. He was going to real estate classes when Joe Weider was teaching him, you know, fucking business stuff when he first came to America. He bought, there is still parking lots that Arnold bought in the late 70s in California that make him so much fucking money and that are worth so much money real estate wise that he bought back then he's been sitting on. He was learning this shit way back then. The discipline transfers over. You know what doesn't transfer over though? Discipline in one area and entitlement in the other. And that's what I see all over the fucking place. Discipline in your lifting and your training, entitlement in your business. It doesn't fucking work that way. And so I, I just think that I understood this was the long game for me. I understand even as a lifter, it's the long game. I've got my eyeballs on some big master's records because I've outlasted motherfuckers. I couldn't beat them when I was 25, but I'll be able to beat them when I'm 45. I'll be able to beat them when I'm 42 with one fucking less shoulder muscle. It's just, it's the long game for me. It's always been, I want to be a fucking G in this industry. I couldn't do it because of my, my basically like regular gifts and talents. They weren't that great, but I'm known as this grinder that has put together, I believe a quality physique and a quality amount of strength through really hard work ethic and training techniques and methodologies that have worked for the masses. And I'll just continue that process and that's it. And it's the long game and it's always been, and that's why I'm still here. I believe. Corey, for those that are not following you on this journey, where do you want to leave them with on how they can follow you and, and, and hop on the train? Yeah, man. Like I think going over to business and biceps is huge. Subscribe at business and biceps and at Corey G fitness, C O R Y G fitness on everything. So you can grab, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, or my site, just Corey G fitness. And Hey man, I, I appreciate, I want to say one more thing and then I got a dip. Like I know you guys are wrapping it up anyway, but I appreciate your guys' agility. Like you said that you wanted to have me on here. You, you hit me up on Instagram. I said, I was ready to go right that second. I was thinking, let's turn the fucking mic on. You said one, I said 1230 and you said, okay, let's do it. So whatever you had to do to pull it together, which probably wasn't much cause it's on the internet, but that's the way that you have to be. I can't tell you how many times opportunities came to me because I was willing to just go and have agility and fucking figure it out. And if you can do those things, then you'll have way more success because people who operate like this are the ones that you probably want on and you have to be willing to do. Like I said, if you just said, I can't do it today, I'm on Tuesday, I probably just said, I'm busy. <laughs> just so kudos to you guys and i appreciate you having me on Corey. before you go just do me one favor i've just been asking this for, uh i've wanted to ask I, this for so long i already know can go you ahead. give me a nice wake your ass i knew up. it i knew it. leave it for me come on <laughs> wake your ass up let's go everyone have a great day go fucking crush it what's your excuse for tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe